0: I got an erection. I saw the I saw it and I got an erection, okay? It was amazing. Hello and welcome to The Red Line, presented by Isles Fix, your only daily New York Islanders newsletter. Subscribe at islesfix.substack.com. Phil Farber, David Tuckman, your host this week and, well, every week. You can follow us on Twitter at Phil's Facts. That's with a Z. I am at Tuck on Sports. If you have any questions for us, uh, send it with the hashtag, the red line. Phil, coming off a, I'll call it a rocky week. Last time we spoke. It's um, been up and down. Yeah, exactly. We, we get a, a road win versus, uh, versus Washington uh, we get a point, but a disappointing point at home versus Carolina and uh, a loss to Minnesota. And the theme right now seems to be uh, a stark contrast from last year where we were behind in each game. This year, we're ahead in each game, and we're blowing it.
1: Yeah, they have held a lead in every single one of their home games, whether it be that they scored. For, I think they scored first in – what have they done? They've played eight home games. They've scored first in six of them. And then in the games against Colorado and last night against Minnesota, they didn't score first, but they got to a point where they had a lead and then they just couldn't hang on to that lead. And then the third periods have just been getting away from them, whether they score first, whether they have a multi-goal lead. And we find ourselves in a position where through eight home games, through what should have been a more opportunistic part of the schedule, schedules are never easy. Right, because these are NHL teams, unless you're playing the Sharks, of course. But you would have liked to have seen them come away with a couple more points here.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that you know Sam Boldock would be playing what eight or nine of the first eleven games we played, Horvat would be out one game, pellic would have missed a game, Mayfield misses a handful of games, um, you know, if you had told me that was the case, I, I probably would be okay with where we're at, which is 13 points in 11 games. Um, but you pointed out something there that's certainly relevant. Eight home games, uh, you'd like to have a few more. Many leads, you'd like to have a few more. I, I think there was a couple in that spot. I mean, up three nothing against Carolina, you want that extra point. Uh, we've yeah. now been to overtime three times. We've lost all of them. Uh, I don't think it's not only. Do,
1: by the way, not only do you want the extra point against Carolina, you ideally want to prevent them from getting points too because they're in the division.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not as big a deal if you go to overtime with a team like Minnesota. Um, which is in the other conference. But the Carolina game, I mean, overtime is one of those things where is it important for your team to be good at three-on-three? Not really, because it doesn't really happen very often, and it's not really relevant once you make the playoffs. But you've got to make the playoffs. And you know, banking those extra points here and there are really important. Um, I, I don't think we're quite as bad as people think we are. I mean, right after... Right before Ajo scored, Dobson had a had a had a zinger of a chance. And if that if goes he just in, lifted
1: that if he lifted that puck six inches, that goes over the pad. It's just he he got a lot of it, but it didn't leave the ground. So it went right into uh Ranta's pad. Yeah. And then came back the other way. That was a beautiful setup by
0: Horvat. It was a beautiful setup. I mean, it was well played. I mean the Barzal, Horvat, Dobson, that's that's a handful, especially with Dobson the way he's playing right now, and we'll get to that yep. in a little bit. Um that that's a handful. And I don't subscribe to the theory that we're a terrible three-versus-three team. Um, we might be a terrible shootout team. Sorokin might not be the best goalie in the world when it, at three-on-three. Three. He might be better at five-on-five, five, which is weird. Um, and, and maybe this is just short-term variance. I mean, you don't realize that it's such a small sample size. I mean, you're sure. talking about, what, eight minutes of overtime play at three-on-three? Three? Um Maybe it's coaching. I mean this
1: this year I don't I don't even think they've hit 5 minutes yet. Okay, and, well they it's such a small
0: short variance. small oh, small sample overtime play. I, I do think though, you know, you do want to bank a couple of those points and that that's obviously frustrating. It's obviously frustrating to fans. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine uh, who's a New Yorker but a Ranger fan and a Yankee fan and he said, "Wow." Um, and he likes to go on Twitter just to kind of roast me once in a while. <laughs> and he goes on, and he goes, "God, Islander fans are are Islander, Islander Twitter is worse than Yankee Twitter."
1: Islander Twitter is, is always in, in mid-season form. I mean, We're no matter what, we lose any game. Yeah. We
0: lose any game. I mean, and I do want to point out that people like, oh, listen, you know, has everything been great? No, of course not. Has there been some stuff that's been amazing? Absolutely. And we'll get to both sides of it. We'll get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. But um, good teams lose games. I mean, Colorado just got absolutely embarrassed in Vegas the other night. I mean, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Devils... You know, Jack Hughes is out multiple weeks right now, and they look like a shell of themselves last night versus Colorado.
1: Yeah, no issue either there. Yeah, I mean, they I mean, have. Uh, they, I mean, they're in a, a spot right now where they can they can certainly drop a couple points because of that. And the hope is that our team is able to capitalize on that. Um, and we don't right now. I mean, we're not going to have an easy schedule coming up, right? We've got Boston tomorrow night in Boston coming back home against the Capitals. and Although
0: I, I'd argue, I think going on the road actually might help this team right now.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I saw people putting that idea out there and, and, you know, maybe they just need to get away from home and maybe they need some sort of... I mean, there were booze trip. last night, I heard. Yeah, there was Fire Lane, there was Fire Lou, right? But then you got the Cavs back at home. So one game at home against the team that you just beat. So, you know, they're going to be looking to get even against us. And then they have their first West Coast trip. They're going to go to Western Canada plus Seattle. So the three Western Canada teams plus Seattle, none of those four teams, with the exception of Vancouver, are playing particularly well. But anytime time well, you're going terrible, west... terrible, but yeah. I mean, terrible. Those West
0: Coast trips are hard, though.
1: They're, every single time, it's it's been a, a thorn in the side of this team. Whether the Islanders are good and Calgary and Edmonton stink, it really doesn't matter. Those are, those are never easy games to win uh, when you're out of your element uh, and playing in a different time zone. And the hope is that they'll be able to right the ship uh, at about that time before they come back. Otherwise,
0: you know, I, I think I,
1: Lane, Lane could find himself in some pretty serious trouble.
0: I subscribe to the theory, and we'll get to Lane as well. I subscribe to the theory that an early road trip is, is really helpful for most teams in terms of bonding. Uh, you spend a lot of time with your teammates as opposed to your family, and, and I think it's really, really important. Um, I, I don't want a you know a road trip like we had a couple of years ago to start the season because our stadium wasn't ready. That's too long. Right. Um, but but a nice little road trip. I think this it might actually not be the worst thing in the world for this particular team uh, to kind of come together. Um, okay, well let's get let's go through some things. Um, will you want the good, the bad, or the ugly first? I mean, what well, good news or bad news? Let's and we'll. Let's you say the and then one. I'll let's, go. Let's
1: talk. Let's talk about a couple of good things. What, good what, what things. You, what, okay. what have you been
0: liking? Um,
1: Simon Holmstrom
0: oh. is good. Yeah, he's not just proving that he's an NHL player. He's proving that he's a legitimate force out there. And what I love about him right now is, and people are going to think, I tweeted this, and people are going to think that I, I'm, I'm making the the comparison. I'm not. But I'll throw this at you. Something happened last night where Simon Holmstrom showed a little bit of an edge. He's starting to show an edge to his game.
1: Reverse hit.
0: That reverse hit was amazing. I love that. I, I'm not even going to tell you. I, I'll come out and say it. I got an erection. I saw the, I saw it, and I got an erection, okay? It was amazing.
1: No. Listen, he's 6'2", 210 pounds. That's like, what I mean. But he He's is, a big boy. He's not small.
0: For the the first inning of his NHL career, we'll call it, has been this passive, kind of quiet, kind of demur player. And you saw a little bit, and a lot of people were like, I just don't know. I mean, is he an NHL player or not? Um, and I will make this comparison. He is not Rasmus Dahlin. Okay, everybody, I'm not saying that he is Darlene. But Darlene, when he came in here as an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, he was figuring out how to play the game a little bit. He Obviously, the talent was there. You could see it. But over the last couple of years, Darlene now has an edge to him. And you're talking about a couple of Swedish players who both have size, okay? And I, I've heard this a lot about European players. That once they start getting that confidence... And they start playing a little bit more aggressively, almost a little bit mean, borderline mean and and angry. Uh, They become different players. And I really like what I saw about Holmstrom last night. He had a fight. He had battle in his game last night. He's got the skating ability. He's got some skill. He's got some filthy hands. um, He's got a decent shot. I mean, are we looking at a guy He's got a better than
1: decent shot. Yeah. Are are we looking at a Zach
0: Not Zach Parisi in his prime.
1: Uh, he's not going to be prime Parisi, but he's kind of taken on that role for Pajot of being his Parise and being his his stable, steady left winger. He needs to shoot more. He absolutely does. He needs to find himself in better spots to score. He's proven to be good in transition. He had that one. Listen, it seems like every single game, whether it's at five on five or on the power or on the penalty kill, he is just closing in on a D man quicker than they realize. He and, and great. Teams,
0: him and Engval just have the most Great amazing sticks. sticks. Oh,
1: right. but but the way Holmstrom just closes in on them like like a like a tarantula. And the defensemen don't realize it. I think you know teams are going to start having to watch film on this because he did it to D'Angelo, and D'Angelo's fast enough where he was able to recover. I don't know who he did it to last night, that defenseman, that but that led the rush chance with yeah. Holmstrom to Barzell back to Holmstrom. And then, you know, the pass just didn't connect to Wallstrom, which would have been a nice. It's only because like
0: really Wallstrom's nice... slow. Is f- Honestly, he pulled, people, he pulled up a bit. He the funny thing about that play is people look at it and go, shoot, shoot, shoot. If Wallstrom is, I'm not even kidding, if he goes full speed, it's a tap-in.
1: It's a tap-in. He yeah.
0: missed it. And by the way, he missed it by maybe three inches. He was yep. three inches short. I mean, and it's a tap-in, and we're going, wow, that is an NHL goal.
1: Yeah, and then the other thing – um, is just the way he penalty kills with Pagano. Oh. Like you can see the stark difference between him, um, him and Pajo versus Ezekis and Clutterbuck. Zizekis, Zizekis and Clutterbuck, it's kind of like, hey, here's all this real estate. You guys can, you can plant, you can farm, you can, you, you just here's all this space for you guys to play with, and they they give you nothing. Listen, if you're what trying makes to what in, makes
0: Marchand so amazing? And and obviously, I'm not saying Holmstrom is that as at that level. He's not. He's not that player. But what makes him so amazing and so dangerous is because when he is out there, the power play has to worry about him. He is, like you said, he attacks. He doesn't sit back. And Holmstrom and Padgeot are that attacking type of player.
1: Yeah, I think it was on the wild second power play where they're trying to get in on the right side. So, our left. And they try to go in, and Holmstrom says no, right back out. And then they try it again, and they just couldn't get it in if you i mean good luck trying to get in on the right side of the ice with with Holmstrom there because he's he's just locking it down every single time on the entries. Um just an impressive an impressive defensive player who has shown qualities in his offensive game that that get me excited.
0: Yeah, what we saw last year was, hey, this guy is a defensive responsible player, and now we're adding some aggression and some edge to that. Um and some opportunistic offensive play where I I am really excited about Simon Holmstrom. Okay, let's move on. That's the good. We got an NHL player. This is now, you know, a guy who drafted in the 20s. Great job. Well done. Okay, let's move on. Uh, You want bad or good now? Give me a bad. A bad now. God, there's so much. Uh, We'll go to the worst of it all, which is, and this is a problem, (laughs) and this is going to be a problem, Uh, and I do not envy Lane Lambert in this case, but uh, Anders Lee. Oof. Oof listen I was I, I am a huge Andrews Lee guy love him I think he's a great captain I love I remember he's our captain we don't need you all that stuff I love it okay and Andrews Lee has been an absolute warrior and this is a guy who has scored 28 goals in back-to-back seasons but he's a step slower uh, he's not as quick as he was it's showing and he's also not being utilized as he was before and if he's not on power play one, He's just not going to put the goals in. And I'm not sure if he's doing much else to help the team out. Um, I think he played think he's 19 better than minutes Cal- last night. Huh?
1: He played 19 minutes last night. It just looked like, especially on that second goal where Leterry, it's not like it was a one timer or a quick shot. He was kind of playing around with the puck for a little bit as Lee was kind of backing off and making himself small.
0: He, and he, he cannot stick with, like, you saw Faber too last night. Faber was just dancing around him.
1: Yeah, it's like literally it's like watch. dancing
0: around like a dog would dance around a human being. It was like, okay, it's like toying with him. So what, what what happens with Anders Lee? I mean, uh, I don't think he's as bad as we've seen the first 11 games. Um, I think he's going to start pounding a couple in here and there. I don't think he's as bad as Cal Clutterbrook and Matt Martin yet. Um, I don't think he's Josh Bailey. I don't think he's falling off the cliff like Josh Bailey, but he's a problem. And at $7 million, yeah. he's a bigger problem.
1: It's to the point where you have to Listen, they're barely playing Martin. Martin played 529 last night. He's playing the least minutes he's played since he was in Toronto with Babcock, who ended up sending him to the press box. If if you're not going to play Martin, then maybe put Lee on the fourth line with Sezekis and Clutterbuck or Sezikis and Fashing and, and get Julian Gotay in because what they need and where the breakdowns have been are in the defensive zone, they just have been chasing a lot. And if you have guys who can hunt the puck down, and either carry it out of the zone or, or chip it out and start getting plays the other way up ice to take the pressure off the defense, um, that's going to help. And in the third periods, they've just been chasing and chasing and chasing. Uh, and and it's been a lot of Anders Lee uh, looking, looking lost and confused in his own end. Uh, and he was doing no favors uh, to Horvath and Barzal, in particular in that third period against Carolina. And those two guys were absolutely buzzing, right? They helped create the Dobson. Uh, four on four goal that they had, right? That uh, helped it. Coaching. I mean, they
0: set the whole thing up.
1: They set it up. I mean, great <laughs> backhand by Dobson. Then you had the given. No, yeah, play. I mean,
0: Dobson's. Dobson's. We'll talk. That's the good. We'll get to good. Yeah,
1: you had the give and go between Horvat and Barzal, where it didn't. You didn't even need Lee on the ice for that play to happen. Um, it just seems like a lot is happening on the ice, both offensively and defensively. Where he's just not in position. Uh, there were a couple plays where he was, you know puck set up on his stick and he just kind of like swung through it. One his of his watch. biggest
0: issues is this also. So he still has two things that are pretty good for him. The problem is though is the speed is not connected there. So he's still a decent four checker when he gets in there. He's still pretty good in the corners. And he is retrieving the pucks at a decent rate. And he gets it back to the point. The problem though, Phil, is that he retrieves the puck, he throws it to the point. He is not fast enough to get to the front of the net for the shot. Yeah, It goes corner D- D to D, and the D get the other the the, the other D man gets a shot on net, and Andersley is not yet in front of the net. Which, if he's not in front of the net on those shots,
1: that's an easy save.
0: It's a very easy save, right? I mean, any yeah. any NHL goalie, I mean, frankly, any AHL goalie is going to stop slap shots in the blue line.
1: Yeah, I mean, something I've noticed is we've been getting scored on. On <laughs> it seems like every point shot that's taken from a defender right? on the other team is finding its way in because there's traffic in front of the net. Um, with us, I, I can't think of. I mean, maybe Dobson has one at some Dobson point. Dobson just this gets
0: it in clean, it seems like, though. He's just, but it's. Right, um, you're, not, you're not I think it's like variance. Could be. A little bit of variance, you know, just a little bit of puck luck. I mean, but it, part of it is that Anders Lee is not fast enough to get in front of the net. Yeah. So um, I don't know what's the, what's the answer here. I mean, fourth line?
1: Put him on put him on the fourth line. Put Martin in the press box and see what you got with a new look identity. Line. I mean,
0: in in reality, and I'm going to go to another bad here for me at least because we've seen some good, we've seen some bad. We've seen. I'm starting to see why Hudson Fashing wasn't an NHL regular, um, and maybe he'd be better with Szezikas, and maybe the line is actually Szezikas, Hudson Fashing, and and Anders Lee. Yeah. I just—I always I don't, thought. Listen, I, I always not see he, much out of him.
1: Well, he—he's not like an overly skilled player. He's a hustle guy. Right? Yeah, but so, I mean, I'm not even.
0: I'm, just not, I'm listening. I'm, I'm watching the third line. I'm noticing Peugeot. I'm noticing Holmstrom. Fashing every once in a while, he'll make a play, but just they're just a few and far between.
1: Yeah, that really good pass on the two on one with Holmstrom against Washington. Yeah. But I guess since then, not not a ton. I agree. I thought in the playoffs he looked overmatched on that line. And I think his best play last year came when he was paired up with Suzekis. I know they had a couple of goals together that that helped save a couple games, including the Pittsburgh game. Um Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for getting fashing down to the fourth line and and creating some sort of Lee Suzekas fashing line as as a new look identity line and, and seeing how that works.
0: Right. And for people who are saying, well, Lee's too slow for that, Lee's well, faster than Matt Martin. <laughs>
1: Or at least no worse off. In, exactly. In of that's what that. I'm
0: going there at least the same. And, and fashing is quicker and faster than Cal. So um, I, I, I wonder if that if that's the answer. And, and maybe, maybe, I mean, in a perfect world to make Cal and Martin are out of the lineup. And there's leads in the fourth line. And we figure out a way to get Gautier. Um, and then I'll get to another good here. Um, Wallstrom, I mean, he's such an enigma. Because some days he looks like, what is he doing out there? And then some days he looks really good. He skates the puck. Last night, I mean... He scores the goal, which is a nice move. Um, Quick release, obviously, and he gets it off. But there was a couple of other plays where he was, you know, he handled the puck, he made some nice passes. He he had that one where he kind of went uh, around the center and he got a shot off, and he he tried to go high short side, and he missed.
1: And then it came out.
0: And it came out, but, I mean, but the fact that he made that play, he's showing a little confidence, he's showing a little bit more grit in his game. I, I don't know what's there, but I'm at least encouraged that I, maybe this guy actually could be a decent bottom six player. Like Maybe he could be a third liner.
1: Well, listen, it, if you're going to take Lee off the top line, I, I'm not opposed to the idea of giving Wallstrom more than the one period of run he got with Horvat and Barzal. It, it needs to be anyone but Lee at this point. Ideally, it would be Holmstrom, but I can appreciate the idea of having a defensive line and keeping Holmstrom with Pajot because as a pair, those two work well.
0: You could argue. You could argue that Holmstrom's also that. Right now, at least in his career, he's he's got that pass first mentality. Yeah, I mean, that, somebody and that's in that line not going to work when shoot. you have Barzell
1: on that line already, right? Yeah, for sure. And and he was deferring a lot. I th- I mean, listen. I think I would prefer either of Holmstrom or Wallstrom on the top line as opposed to Lee.
0: I mean, you could make the argument that if Wallstrom just does what he did last night, which is hey forecheck, hit, shoot the puck, um. Horvat and Barzal can do the rest. I mean, they're going to anyway.
1: Yeah, last night was the kind of game where Barzal was moving his feet so well that, had Horvat played, you know that line would have produced at least one goal.
0: Well, I, okay, that's more good. Um, you and I kind of called Barzal out last week, where he's been a little bit inconsistent this season—some good, some bad—and eh. the last couple of games, um,
1: he's he's flying.
0: I mean, the game, flying the, the, the game versus the game Carolina—you know, yep. a game with with uh, you know Carolina, Sebastian Ajo on the ice. So, Barzano was the best player on the ice and it wasn't close
1: for sure. Yeah. He looked great. He looked great.
0: Just the way he moves his, when he moves his feet, he is, uh, you were, you were worried about the explosiveness and the burst. Where's that? Um,
1: past two <laughs> games. It's been
0: there. <laughs> wow. Right. He shut
1: me up. No, he's looked fantastic. I, and you know, I think before the game yesterday, he told Stefan like, man, I really hope Horvath could play because we, we just had the best game that we've ever had together. And we want to continue to build on that. And, you know, they're listing Horvat as day-to-day. He's going to travel to Boston tomorrow, so optimistic that whatever he, he hurt in that shot block was nothing more than a bruise, and, and he can kind of maybe come back after one, two, three games. A lot of times with those,
0: are, it's just a matter of can you get your... Because the foot's obviously going to swell up. Can, yeah. can you get your skate on? Can you get the boot on? If they can get it on, they can usually deal with the pain. Um, but yeah, that the game versus Carolina was... I would say one of the top five, six games I've seen Barzal play. It kind of was reminiscent of the game when uh, Tavares made his trip back and, and and Barzal had a hat-trick.
1: Yeah. yeah. And he just that's he was a everywhere. As a matter of fact.
0: And defensively, too, I mean, back-checking, coming back, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, the turnovers are going to be there, and I know they're going to infuriate fans. But when you when you hold on to the puck as much as Barzal does, and listen, that's a skill. There are maybe six players in the entire game that can do what Barzal does. Um, and those guys are always going to be the guys who turn the puck over as much as well because they have the puck. Yep, um, absolutely. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's go to more bad. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit. What, what's I, I, think mean, is there a point I think it's less end- about. Listen, I think go it's ahead, less sorry. about that.
1: I think it's less about that they've been. I don't think they've been outright terrible. Okay, it's just very clear, for sure. In the case of Martin. That Lane doesn't have enough of a role for him to get regular minutes, right? He doesn't play any special teams. And at five on five, he's been subbing him out, especially in third periods when they're trying to hold the lead. Defensive zone draws, he's been putting Pajo with Sazikas and Clutterbuck, which is something that Barry did from time to time, but Lane's doing it a lot more, right? Getting, you know, an extra centerman out there for the draw. Clutterbuck, I think the worst part of his game really is on the penalty kill. I think him and Zizekas are just allowing too many chances out there because they're giving them too much space. And I think it's more Cal than Casey. He's taking penalties. Um, you know, he had a nice play on the first goal to Dobson where he dug it out for Zizekas, went in there against two guys. It was one on two. Hey, listen, the puck can, out.
0: listen, Cal's a warrior. I love the guy. I have nothing but love yeah, for him. He, he just, just doesn't, in your opinion, penalty kill. I mean, to me, okay, Holmstrom Pajot is, is, is your first power play unit. Is it, Casey Horvat, number two, uh, Casey. I mean, I'd I'd like to see Angell out there in the penalty kill as well. Yeah, and to that's me why they're
1: not using him on the kill. There's like a couple of things from the coaching staff that drive me crazy. That's one of them. Another one was, uh, I mean, how obvious is it that you, if you're down four to two in a game, and there's four minutes and forty seconds left, and you're going on the penalty kill, right? The most important thing that you can do is not necessarily kill off the penalty, score but ball. it's score, right? How is Barzell not on? either of those penalty-killing shifts in right. that situation. Right? It's like, let's it just keep, let's, let's keep the any. game 4-2. Yeah, it just, it just <laughs> so that we can get the puck back with 2.20 left and try to get two goals. It just seems that they don't have any of that like in-game awareness where it's like, let's stop and think about what we need to accomplish here over the next two minutes.
0: Right. Right? The, 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 the number NFL, one thing the NFL team is calling is... a timeout or running the ball with three minutes left or down by 14. We're, no. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not trying to kill these two minutes. Let's, we're trying to optimize them and, and see if maybe we can punch one in.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, you know, you wonder if you can somehow, if you get Anders Lee on the fourth line, and I don't know if Lane has the balls to do that or not, but if you put him on the fourth line, at least you've got a fourth liner out there who, you know, who actually plays power play too. You know what I mean? He he works out in a different way, helps out in a different way. Um, Okay, let's go to the the two bads that I want to get to that are the most concerning, at least to me, are... Is what? Let's hear him. Yeah, and this is coaching. Um, it was my biggest concern last year. Um, I, I am I am, admittedly a Lou fan. I, I think he does a good job. Um, is he perfect? No, but I, I will say that Lou hired Lane. And hiring a coach is part of what you do. I, I, I didn't see it last year, and I haven't seen it this year. I don't see an NHL coach in Lane Lambert.
1: Sometimes assistant coaches are best off left as assistant coaches. You see this in a lot of sports where you make the defensive coordinator, right? You give Matt Patricia his coaching job, and everyone thinks he's such a genius and a brainiac. He's the next biggest thing. And what was it, two years in Detroit? And then it turned out to be a complete and total dud. And you see this time and time again in all sports. Maybe years
0: later, I mean, Pete Carroll, for all you Jet fans out there, I mean, brilliant defensive coordinator turned head coach was clearly not ready for the job. Years later, proved that he was a good head coach, but it wasn't. He wasn't ready yet,
1: right? But I mean, and listen, we saw it firsthand with with another one of Trotz's understudies, uh, the guy who who took over in Washington. Oh, uh, yeah, uh,
0: the defensive guy, Reardon, right? Todd Reardon, right? Todd Reardon.
1: I mean, and listen, he had a much more talented squad that he was left with to the point where, in his first year, they clinched the Metro Division lost in the first round after blowing a game seven lead against Carolina the next year. uh, He just, he kind of looked like lane just behind the bench, completely confused and lost at times. And I think it was pretty obvious to everyone that this is not the guy who's going to get them back there. Um, So I think lane is someone who the players genuinely like, and uh, you know, we, we always wanted him to stay around. There were always rumors every single year. This is the year that another team's going to pick him up. This This is the year. This is the year. And, you know maybe there's a reason why none of these other teams ever ended up hiring him maybe there was something that they saw uh, that that kind of steered them away from lane and kind of continuing the uh, merry-go-round of the old guard of of coaches that constantly pop up in in you know same person different city but it doesn't appear that lane is an nhl coach
0: question i have and and we'll go through this uh, kind of in steps lane at least last year showed the courage to bench Josh Bailey yep. and not play him and, and put a completely unproven, unknown Hudson-Vaschkin in the lineup as a po- instead. And that took balls, especially for a rookie head coach. Does he have, because he has a really tough job. You know, you come into the season, you got your captain, Andrews Lee, he's coming off a 28-goal season. Does Lane Lambert have, you know, the courage, the balls, for lack of a better word, to demote, Lee or, or possibly sit him.
1: I guess we'll find out at some point. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to... Listen, I think it's going to take like six straight losses now to get him fired. I think so long as they're fretting water... You think he and,
0: can get fired in six straight losses? Like if they lose the next five? Yeah, if
1: they lose if they lose these next six games, I think he's gone. If wow. they come back... Yeah, I think if they come back from the West Coast trip with with a West Coast trip as bad as their West Coast trip was last year. Um, And if they lose to Boston and Washington before that, I think there's a real scenario where he's gone.
0: What are the islands right now? What's their power play right now?
1: They are five for something. I don't know. They're probably somewhere in the
0: 20s, bottom 20s is my guess. So no real, I mean, slight, not no real improvement. Although it does look better. So it looked yeah, better? I
1: mean, it didn't, it didn't. even without Horvat last night. They had they had some better looks on their second power play. I think the third power play is the one that they scored on. Uh, the fourth power play, can't remember what that even looked like, but they were they were getting chances on net.
0: Yeah, listen, um, it's it's always concerning. And listen, sometimes it takes a few games. I mean, it could be Lane just thinking, okay, I'm not I'm not ready to kind of like you know I'm not ready to you know send my captain off into the 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 sweet sweet night. Uh, let me let me see if he can work his way out of this. I don't know, um, but I have. I'm not encouraged by what I see with Lane, and no. and that is concerning. Okay, bad and good. Uh, the bad, uh, Dobson's next contract, if he continues to play this way, is going to be eight million plus. Uh, the good is, uh, yeah. The good is awesome. Um, and I, I'm the first. I am I am a man enough to admit, from what I've seen through 11 games of the season, I could not have been more wrong about Noah Dobson. Um, the kid, he looks like a completely different player and I know confidence is such a big deal, but wow. Uh, he
1: I mean, spoke about it himself. I mean, when I think Stefan interviewed him at the end of last year, or you the beginning of this year, just about the power play. And he was talking about, you know, confidence being an issue there and, you know, he kind of o- opened up and admitted to that. So when the puck's going in and you're making plays, right, the biggest thing for me isn't even. Yeah, and this is with regard to the power play, isn't even the the production um, or, or the chances that they're getting. It's that he's not making the stupid mistakes that would lead to odd man shorthanded rushes that we saw last season. They haven't surrendered a shorthanded goal yet through 11 games. Let's knock on wood for that. Um, but it just seemed like every two, three games, there would be a couple of real knucklehead decisions that he would make, whether it was a bad pinch or fumbling the puck, and it would yeah, lead...
0: La- the- lack of conviction... Yes, And I think it's yeah, because of, sure. lack, of a lack of confidence. There was just nothing there, and he was always questioning himself, so the lack of conviction to do something. This year, the biggest thing... Last year, he scored a lot of goals, but a lot of them, and you pointed this out last year, a lot of them were kind of like seeing eye, like, just, yeah, good good luck trying to repeat that. This yeah. year, he's firing lasers, and, and he's making yep. good passes, Um, and, and frankly, okay, he's never going to be Chris Pronger playing defense, but I mean, he's playing twenty-five minutes a game. Um and and he's not a liability defensively.
1: No, he's been he's been much better defensively over the last several games, definitely. And and I think part of it is also because Pelic has looked better too.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I mean it's it's such a positive. I mean, like Noah Dobson is what we all hoped we got when we drafted him, what eleventh or twelfth overall, whichever however you want to look at it.
1: Whichever um, one you want to attribute it to. I th- yeah. think technically the <laughs> The the accounting people put Wallström eleven and Dobson twelve, but that's just semantics. Right,
0: right. But I mean, he is uh, he's turning into a player, and I, and I think you know, Island Defense can be really excited because if your if your top four are you know Pelik, Pollock, Romanov, Romanov, and uh, Dobson, that's a solid top four. Um, we'll go to the bad though, uh, and, and this is an issue that I'm not overly concerned with as long as we stay healthy, because I do think that this is something Lou will address. Um, I still think Sebastian Ajo is ideally a seventh defenseman, um, and and clearly this team needs defensemen.
1: Yeah, Lane is playing him a lot less than he was last year, too. Like He only played 12 and a half minutes last night. I think on average he's somewhere in the 13s. Last year he was in the 16s. Yeah. If he's not generating offense, he just doesn't do enough defensively to be anything more than a seventh defenseman. He just
0: gets outmatched.
1: Yeah, I mean, that he's second he's goal. He's just... That second, that Leteri goal last night, right? For as bad as Lee was in terms of, you know, challenging the shooter, uh, it was like a seven-second battle, and uh, you know, I wouldn't even call it a battle with with Aho trying to help get that wild player out of Varlamov's vision so that Varley could have a chance, and and nothing.
0: Yeah, he just he's just not uh, he just doesn't have the 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 beef. Um, and listen, you can you don't have to be a big player to be successful at defense in the NHL, but you've got to have other things going for you. Um, this is one thing, and I'm curious what your take on this. Do you think that the fact that we've basically been playing with five defensemen for the majority of the season can you attribute our blown leads and our bad third periods to that at all? I, th- I think yeah, because um, Carolina I'll you a, Carolina, the Carolina is a great game, forecheck. Yeah. yeah, they are a great forechecking team. That's what they do so well, and they put a lot of pressure on defense. And Bolduk played what
1: six minutes? Bolduk played nine minutes, but he only played one shift in the third, which right. ended at the which ended thirty four seconds into the period. So, so I'm just wondering, is that too much
0: in. pressure? Is that too much to expect for your your defenseman, especially against a team like Carolina?
1: Definitely. Right. I mean, think about it. They had they had already lost or not lost they they didn't have pellick playing that game right so they had um Bolduc in there they had mayfield kind of hobbling around on one foot because he either aggravated his injury or reinjured himself in some way um on the first shift of the game when he was tackled by Martinuk, and he looked hobbled and slow the entire game and then the was period,
0: was gone the last 8 minutes basically Horvath was
1: gone yeah he came back for that overtime shift but uh, you know he went down at some point it's just a lot of pressure on, on. Really, was a lot of Romanov, Dobson, and Pollock and at a certain point, you're going to wear down. Um, also, the forwards just did not do a good enough job helping their defensemen out and getting the puck behind the Canes' D and creating enough ozone time to kind of relieve the pressure. Uh, it just felt like the the puck was was just you know the ice was tilted. The ice was very much tilted in that third period. Um, that wasn't as much the case in the Detroit game, like Detroit. We blew it on on a couple of just like mental mistakes on some counter punches that Detroit had, where it was just defensive breakdowns. It wasn't a matter of like Detroit absolutely taking it to us. It was just when we make mistakes this year, they they've been ending up in the back of the net.
0: Yeah. Uh, hello, Pierre Engvall last night.
1: Oof. By the way, that is the, the, lowest, the lowest lowest moment of 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 his Islander career.
0: Yeah, that was. People need to relax. Well, are are people going crazy on Twitter about that?
1: Yeah, Bench, Engvall. Like, listen, the guy's really? got six assists in 11 games. Yeah, I've seen some of that. You know, should he have <laughs> wow. sat a shift after that? Yeah, Lane sat him a shift after that. But again, it's like you were saying Did before, he sit right? him for a shift? He did. He sat him for one
0: shift. That's like idiot. See, that's just such... I, I'm sorry. That's just terrible coaching. You don't <laughs> think he knows? Like, you're not... This is not a 19-year-old kid. Like, you're talking what? about a veteran... What is Engvall, 27 now? 27. 27-year-old... Like, you don't think Pierre immediately goes to the goalie and goes to his team go, my bad. My bad. Like that, that that's that's that happens to everybody. I just uh, I didn't even realize he got benched for that. Like listen also like similar to like Barzell in some ways where people
1: are like, well he turns the puck over. Well he's he's one of two guys on the team that carries the, the puck speed and ability to carry the puck. So it's gonna be the guys who are carrying the puck who are turning it over. It's not gonna be Matt Martin ever. Right. He's Casey Sasekis doesn't turn the puck over very well Puck, he doesn't have it. He might have the puck
0: on his stick for eight seconds every game.
1: Right. It's it and and it's just him chipping it in, chasing it, and trying to set something up uh, for for a defenseman to get a shot. Uh, and
0: on. listen, I give Casey credit for that. He knows what his role is. He knows what he's good at. He knows where his, he knows where he gets his money from, and he's going to yep. stick to that. Um, that's amazing to me because I could tell you as like as a hockey coach myself, and obviously I'm not you know at that level, but it's like I I, I just can't imagine like. If anything, I want, my, I, I want my players to kind of like, hey, try to be extraordinary. Yes, occasionally you're going to make a mistake. Now, listen, if you do it three or four times, yeah, there's going to be some consequences. But Engvall has been absolutely amazing this season. And he was amazing all last season. You're going to bench yeah. him for one terrible play that he clearly help, knows. Helps set up the Wallstrom goal. Oh, man, I, that's just, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so wh- how, what's your overall feel before we say goodbye to everybody? And by the way, of course, everybody, you are listening to The Red Line, presented by Isles Fix, your only daily New York Islanders newsletter. Subscribe at islesfix.substack.com. Help us out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Phil's Facts with a Z. I am a Tuck on Sports. Ask us questions. Uh, both Phil and I are very active on Twitter, as you know. Um Before we say goodbye, what's your overall feel right now? I mean, this team is still on about a 97-point pace, um, 11 games in. How are we feeling?
1: Disappointed, I guess. Again, like you said, the injuries and this, would I have taken it without knowing exactly how it was going to go down? Maybe, but like it just seems like in games that they're – you know, we've had some games where they've won, where they haven't looked particularly good. And there have been some some concerns, like against Washington, right? We were outshot 19-5 to 5 at one point in the game. We were winning 3-0 because <laughs> some really good shooting luck and, and capitalizing on our looks and Verlamov playing out of his mind. And then last night, I actually thought they played well. I thought we carried play. For I the thought we played well last the, night. Yeah, through the first 40 minutes, we were really carrying play. And then it's just... Stupid you know, penalties. Another, another, yeah, another third period. Where, I mean, and I thought that penalty call on Dobson was crap, but that's nor here nor there. You got to kill off the penalty anyways. Um,
0: I mean, frankly, the Casey Zika's penalty was 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 a legitimate call, but if they call the interference right before that,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've also never seen them call that too many men. On a penalty right like Casey's interfered with he's dragged down someone else hops on the I, ice. I
0: feel like they did it because they it was uh it was like three to one or four to one Islanders in power plays at that point I think it was and they I were loaded to, to give another point.
1: one I don't know yeah they made it four on four um regardless how am I feeling I'm feeling frustrated with them a little bit disappointed in them I'm not freaking out or nervous or anything like that again it's early in the season I mean, it is let's pretty crazy.
0: Like, if they win last night, let's say we just win. Let's say they somehow they figure out a way to win last night, which right. is certainly the in the realm are, of the possibilities. Are completely different, right? Are we suddenly like, wow, everything's great? We just got five points out of the last since we talked.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it works. That's <laughs> one that's, game. That's what. Yeah,
0: but again, that's why I'm not like,
1: not lighting the house on fire. I'm not going crazy. Let's see what they do in Boston. Let's see what they do at home in Washington, and hopefully thereafter, after they have a successful West Coast trip.
0: Okay, I like it. Um, For me, I will say I'm encouraged. Um, I think there are many keys to the season, but two of the big keys for the season for me were uh, we needed to see some development from some of the younger players that were actually arriving, Um, you know, whether it was, you know, Wallstrom, Holmstrom, and I'd kind of written off Dobson, to be honest with you. I was like, ah, trade him. So I I was completely wrong on that. Yes, feel free to say it over and over again, guys. I was wrong. But you know, it looks like we have at least two absolute, you know, studs in Holmstrom and Dobson, so that's encouraging. Um, You know, Andrew's Lee falling off the cliff this this badly is is discouraging. But hopefully, Lane does what he needs to do, and uh, you know, we we bank some wins. Who knows? Maybe we shock the world and uh, we beat Boston. I mean, Boston is beatable. I I know they're they're beatable. I know they're ten and one, but they're not that good.
1: They are beatable. They they just lock it down. They don't give up goals. Every game is 3-1 or 3-2. Okay. They're not going to blow the bo- the, you know, they shouldn't blow the doors off on you because offensively they're not particularly great, but really good defensive team, two really good goaltenders. Let's get a win. Let's get a win at the TD Garden.
0: Hey, what's the feeling in uh, in Toronto? I mean, they if they had lost to Tampa Bay, they came back and ended up winning that game. If they lost to Toronto, I mean, who I mean to Tampa, who knows. But uh, are they are people burning houses down in Toronto? They're
1: just so sick of this. They they know what to expect already. They know they're going to make the playoffs, and they know they're going to blow it. So, <laughs> just, just they're not they're not getting too worked up because they've seen the script for the past seven years.
0: They they've seen it. They know what's going on here. Uh, before we go, I do want to congratulate uh, the San Jose Sharks. Oh, um, yes. They will not go winless in two thousand twenty three twenty four. Nope, they might not crack ten wins,
1: but at least they'll have at least you know
0: one. Hey, we don't usually talk about trades. They did the, uh, a fifth round pick for Addison.
1: Yeah. Well, it looks like there were two trades that happened, so they got. Kalen Addison for a fifth round pick and a minor leaguer. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's. I'm surprised that that's all it took to get Kalen Addison. I thought he's a pretty decent young player, but clearly, Minnesota uh, will definitely be an infinite upgrade over the AHL players that San Jose had occupying their blue line. And it looks like Tampa just traded Zach Bogosian to Minnesota for a seventh round pick. So. Minnesota trading a young defenseman to add a little bit of nastiness to their blue line.
0: Yeah, I think they, they traded oh, a young yeah. defenseman who can move, but they don't trust defensively for a little bit of a nasty defenseman who maybe just gives them some depth.
1: Yeah, some um, depth and, and maybe they want a little bit more snarl in there. I know they at one point last year, they traded for Ryan Reeves to kind of be that nasty guy. Um, to, to I think many, yeah, Minnesota. They,
0: Bill Guerin, He likes he likes big. He likes nasty. He's a little bit old school. I mean, you saw last night in that uh, uh, the Ekman line. That's a big line.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. a handful. Ericson Ek.
0: Eric Ek. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, anyway, that is going to do it for us, guys. Uh, once again, we do appreciate your support. We'll be back at it next week, hopefully uh, after a couple of Islander wins uh, for Phil Farber. I am David Chuckman. Later, guys.